The full power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is contained in the Book of Mormon, period. Remember this declaration by Jesus himself. Whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived. And in the last days, neither your heart nor your faith will fail you. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Book Mormon Podcast. Kevin and Shelby here, episode 118. We're getting up there. <laughs> but anyway, um, we're here and we're in Alma chapter 28 today, and we're also going to discuss Alma chapter 29 as well. So we don't really have anything else to say in our welcome right now. So we're just going to dive in, right, Kevin? That's right. <laughs> so um, Alma chapter 28. If you guys remember from last week, the anti-Nephi-Lehi's have now taken the name. They have a different name. I'm blinking. The people of Ammon. The people of Ammon. Thank you. They have a different name now, the people of Ammon. They're in the land Jershon, and that's kind of where we're at right now. So in verse 1, they are they set up and they're established in the land of Jershon with the armies. You know, the Nephites have their armies around about them. But... There's this big battle that happens because the Lamanites come up against them. And it says it in verse 2. It says, And thus there was a tremendous battle, yea, even such as one as never had been known among all the people in the land from the time Lehi left Jerusalem. So we're talking like a really big battle happening here, the biggest one yet that we've seen. And we know Alma is famous for these battle chapters or war quote-unquote war mm-hmm. chapters right so we see our first really big battle because it says tens of thousands of Lamanites were slain and scattered abroad so a lot a lot of people um and from there there's a well obviously there's going to be a lot of mourning right of the loss of their brethren um do you have anything to add Kevin about these first few verses or do we just want to keep moving just that in verse one, it talks about the Lamanite armies having followed their brethren into the wilderness. Mm. Um, you know, these are these are not the people who were converted. So they they kind of like they couldn't dwell in their cities anymore like they had. They had to kind of like go into, I guess, like scavenger mode, if you will. I don't know. The wilderness seems like a undeveloped land, right? Yeah. Um, and and so they they struck out at the Nephites from that place, and we, you know, we're going to talk about the morning, but it, it's also important to address that in verse three the Lamanites were driven and scattered and the people of Nephi returned again to their land. And I'm assuming that the people of Nephi also include the people of Ammon. I don't think so because the people of Ammon are not fighting. Oh, okay. I don't know why I assume that they were. Because they're the anti-Nephi Lehi's and they Mm -hmm. swore not to pick up their swords again. Oh yeah. Okay, blonde moment. <laughs> there we go. No, you're good. Well, now that they're called a different people, yeah, I, I mean, it's, anybody could make the mistake. You're so sweet. <laughs> I just had a blonde moment. <laughs> now, in verse 4, this was a time that there was a great mourning and lamentation heard throughout all the land among all the people of Nephi. And... I think we can we can all relate to a time in our lives where there was like there's some trauma or some some catastrophe that we were kind of like dealing with you know yeah. trying to trying to deal with now it, and this was on a, a wide scale but right, like felt across the land but like here in in the latter days there are the equivalent of that. I mean, right now in the Ukraine, 
there's um, conflict on the verge, right, uh, on, on the horizon, which will lead to much mourning and lamentation. Even the, even the threat of conflict can do that. And then also, um, you know, COVID-19, the pandemic, that's also something that occurred. It was widespread, uh, global even, and it has resulted in a lot of mourning and lamentation. So, you know, we can, we can relate to these people on some level individually as well. What I like about it is in verse six, it says, this was a sorrowful day, yea, a time of solemnity mm-hmm. and time of much fasting and prayer. And it, we saw that in the pandemic. We continue right. to see that at least, you know, amongst some people. Correct. I, th- I think that's a really important point because th- it says that this was a, a time for kind of a, a more spiritual approach to coping with the tragedies as opposed to blaming people like um it probably would have been very easy for some nephites to blame nephihiha um the the chief judge yeah nephiha sorry i can't say that guy's name (laughs) unless i hear it um but like hey why did you let the people of ammon in to our land it caused this this great war tens of thousands have died you know, no one's blamed that we see it's rather it's they're turning to fasting and prayer. And that that ends the 15th year. It, it's kind of in like a year format here. So that ends that 15th year yeah. of the reign of the judges of the people of Nephi. And then it switches accounts, right? Well, what well, goes to Ammon and his brethren? No, I think it's I think it's referring to I think it's like saying this has oh, been. This is the account. Right. That's what you're saying. He summarizes it up. Yeah, and, and it's expedient that we read that because we are also at the end of the account, you know, over the last what, three months? I of think what? of the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're at the end of the account of Ammon and his brethren. Um, For some reason, I thought you were talking about the pandemic. No. And I was like, are you putting an end to the pandemic, <laughs> Kevin? <laughs> this is, or maybe rather this has been, the account of Ammon and his brethren, their journeys in the land of Nephi, their sufferings in the land, their sorrows and their afflictions, and their incomprehensible joy. And the reception and safety of the brethren of the land, um, in the land of Jershon. And now may the Lord, the Redeemer of all men, bless their souls forever. And, I mean, I think that's, that's interesting. I do think, though, that now in this next verse, it's saying now, like, in this starting (laughs) is the account of the wars and contentions among the Nephites and also the wars between the Nephites and the Lamanites and the 15th year of the reign of the judges is ended. Hmm. I don't know. I I guess there were, I guess there were contentions. So maybe he's still talking about like, this has been like from our point of view, Alma one through Alma 28, it's been a period of 15 years yeah. And this this is ended. And this is the wars that, right. like, that are happening. Yeah. I think that's it. And so, yeah, it says in verse 10, it says, And from the first year to the 15th, like you just said, has brought to pass the destruction of many thousand lives. Yeah, it has been brought to pass an awful scene of bloodshed. So. And, you know, right before we started the podcast today, I had mentioned that this is like, this isn't necessarily one of those chapters, neither is the next one, uh, 29, that we have to go verse by verse because there, it's not necessarily narrative. Yeah. It's it's kind of different. There's going to be a lot of thoughts coming up here. Yeah. Of the tragedies, I would say, that happened. Right. And the mourning and all that kind of stuff. And so what what's interesting is that... There's only a few verses left, actually. Right. Yeah. What's interesting 
is that Mormon, he seems to take this opportunity and, and, you know, we can, there's always the debate in my mind, is it Mormon? Is it Alma? Like what, you know, but whoever it is, it's a prophet, <laughs> right? Right. Um, well acquainted, because even if you're talking about Mormon, Mormon definitely has, as we will get to when we get to the Book of Mormon in the Book of Mormon, <laughs> um, you'll we will see that he's also well acquainted with times of mourning and lamentation. So, um, kind of a I, I digress, but whether it's Alma or whether it's Mormon who makes these observations, uh, they're very well. Um, they're credible, I should say. And so he starts to talk about how among all these thousands who have died, he says, while many thousands, in verse 12, um, mourn for the loss of their kindred, yet they rejoice and exult in the hope and even know, according to the promise of the Lord, that they are raised to dwell at the right hand of God in a state of never-ending happiness. And this, coming after verse 11, where he talks about those moldering heaps of bodies upon the face of the earth and the thousands mourning for the loss of their kindred. Um, because it it's the opposite of verse right. 12. In verse 12... These are a group of people who have lost people, but know, literally says they know that the promises of the Lord, they'll be raised to dwell. But in verse 11, it's talking about the people who have also lost people, but they have fear. They have reason to fear because of the promises of the Lord and being consigned to a state of endless woe. So it's the opposite. Right. Right. And so that's why we get verse 13 here, which I think is a, a thought. Um whether it's Alma or Mormon, like you said, but he says, remember, and thus we see, it says, and thus we see how great the inequality of man is because of sin and transgression. And we see that what he just talked about in verses 11 and 12, the the inequality that's there because of this sin that took place because they didn't keep the commandments. This is what they're consigned to and because those who did keep the commandments, here's what they're consigned to as well. So we see that difference here um, through those verses. And then it also says, And the power of the devil, which comes by the cunning plans, which hath devised to ensnare the hearts of men. So we also see the power of the devil here trying to lead our souls captive and down to a state of endless woe, right? And basically misery, just whether that's physical or mental in our minds, whatever it is, it He's Satan is trying to get us to not follow Christ and God in any way. And if, if he can do that, he will, <laughs> he tries. So, but we can see the inequality there between the two. Um, and to follow up with that in verse 14, he says, and thus we see again, the great call of diligence of men to labor in the vineyard of the Lord because of the inequality. <laughs> Right. So he's like, so we see it, but, and thus we also see that we need people to go out into the field and share the gospel of repentance and the good news that we can return and turn our hearts to God and escape the snares of Satan. So I think that's a really cool. It, they just, it just all built off each other, you know? And I would also say, he says another third one and thus we see in verse 14 and i know we're going verse by verse here but I, I anyway we'll just keep going and thus we see the great reason of sorrow and also of rejoicing and he says sorrow because of death and destruction and joy because the light in christ into life we watched uh this morning Shout out to Brother Halverson on Unshaken Saints. One day we'll get him on this podcast. I'm just going to manifest that out here. We'll get him on the podcast one day. However, we listened to a, a speech I think he gave at a BYU devotional or some type no, of devotional. It was, it, was like a, it was like a fireside. 
at but like Utah University or something. I don't know. He gave it somewhere. It was recorded. We found it. Thank you, YouTube. And he talked about having uh, opposites exist together. And I think that's what we see here. We see opposites exist. We see the the happiness and we see the sorrow and they do both exist, right? There's not one or the other. Justice and mercy does have to exist and love is what brings it in balance. So I, I think of that in this last verse. What, what I would like to add is that whenever you're reading the Book of Mormon and just like we have asked, where is the Savior in all of this that I'm reading? Where is the Lord? Where is Jesus Christ? You know, when you're when you're stuck in a chapter that you don't understand or you're thick in the narrative of, you know, um, Alma 36, right? Mm -hmm. You can come back to this chapter and you can see the Savior so clearly. You can see where he's at. Right. And we can also do that likewise in our lives. Whenever you have issues seeing the hand of the Lord in your adversities and, and in your afflictions, and you're wondering if you have been cast off, well, this is a testament of and for the people of the Lord that if you are faithful, if you do hold out to the end, you're not going to be free from afflictions and suffering and tragedy. You will have to mourn and lament, <laughs> but you don't have to do that for, you know, for, for the reason that, oh, you know, the people who I've lost or even myself is consigned to that endless misery. Rather, you can look forward with that perfect hope um, and know that, you know, those that either have suffered with you or those that you've lost, they'll be raised to dwell with God in righteousness. Um, in as much as we all come unto the Savior, right? That, that is the requirement, mm -hmm. but that's all, that's all that's necessary. So how important it is to make these things known unto the inhabitants of the earth, right? And that's what you touched on mm -hmm. where, you know, the call, the great call of diligence of men, right? To mm -hmm. labor in the vineyard. It takes work. <laughs> it's not like, Hey, do this. We're humans. We have our own opinions. We have the natural man within us. And so it's not, it's not very easy. Um, but if we're diligent and we're patient and we have the attributes of Christ, uh, it happens. I mean, you hear those missionary stories all the time. Oh, I was I, Ed, I talk about Ed all the time, but Ed's the perfect example. He had missionaries in and out of his home, his wife being a member for like 20 years, right? That's a lot of sets of missionaries. And it took patience and diligence. I mean, 20 years, guys, of diligent missionaries. After pair after pair after pair after pair. Until the time was right, right? Until his heart was softened and he was ready to accept and learn, right? Something had to happen over those 20 years. So I want to say two things. They're kind of the same thing. But okay. they're different um, perspectives, I guess, on this. Before you start talking about Ed, yeah, I knew that you were going to talk about missionary work, right? Yeah. Obviously, the great call. Right? <laughs> I would ask, for, what about those people who are listening mm -hmm. who don't feel like, and they could be later on in their life, 
even as old as uh, or as young as yeah. you know 25 30 uh-huh. or older uh, more mature uh-huh. uh, into their 40s 50s 60s however old somebody out there who's lived some life and yet they don't feel like they've ever received the great call yet they don't feel like they don't feel like they've had this opportunity to make a great difference in the Lord's vineyard. Well, I would come back and say, what about your own family? Like, what about those that you're around every day and your example that speaks to people? They look at you, they watch you. I don't care who you are. There are people that watch you. I don't know if it's, I guarantee you it's your family, whether you're the mom and you got your kids watching you or you're the youngest sister with your older sisters watching you, like you have people looking at you and your example. And I think that speaks volumes in diligent missionary work. Cause if you're trying to live the gospel and you're being diligent, I can promise you that people around you are watching and will remember that. And that will be key to their conversion or whatever it is that they need because of the example that you lived or are continuing to live. Right. Yeah. That's what I would say. Maybe you didn't get this chance to go serve a mission or you didn't get this chance to have some crazy missionary experience that you hear, but I think it can be, I know it can be as small and simple as an example. So what I'm hearing from you is that there's this, this opportunity by for, for everybody to answer that great call to diligence. Yeah. It's just about being diligent and trying. I mean, this podcast, I mean, it only reaches about what, like maybe 40 people a week. Well, interestingly enough. So that's looking at each seven to 14 days um, Mm -hmm. on one episode. Mm -hmm. But I mean, each week it reaches about like 80 to 90 people. And those can be unique visitors as well. So my point is that that's not in comparison to the world of like how, I don't even know what the population of the world is now. (laughs) That's like nothing. Right. Okay. But the point is that Heavenly Father sees the effort and the diligence behind you and I in wanting to do this podcast. And I'm just using this as an example. There's many things that we all do differently. Brother Halverson on Unshaken Saints He's diligent and consistent in what he does. And his is a lot bigger and grander. And that's okay. The Lord looks at Brother Halverson and me and Kevin, and he is grateful for our efforts. He's not looking at the, the, oh, you have 100,000 and you only have 80 to 90. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And and to to maybe, and I see what you're saying, but maybe to, to liken it unto someone who, you know, they, like you said, Mm-hmm. They hadn't, they hadn't had the opportunity to serve a mission. Um, they um, have never even like so much as handed out a book of Mormon to somebody mm-hmm. just because they never felt the time was right, you know, or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, you know, that there is, there is something waiting for you. And the, and the great thing is, is that, well, the, really important thing to remember is that you haven't lost anything if you start now mm-hmm. like we're, we're not concerned and we shouldn't be concerned about the the missed opportunities of the past because that will that will color your perception of your you know like your your ability in the mm-hmm. future say oh I, I dropped the ball so many times like no like and I, and I want to just add real quick, I mean, there are people there that say, I'm just thinking like anything good comes of Christ. And we say this all the time. So anything good that you've ever done to help another person, mm-hmm. that's, that, that's diligence. That's being like Christ. The invitation yeah. here is in the scriptures is to magnify that Yeah. and to, to really, to answer it. Right to to rise to and also i think we've got so stuck in that great call of diligence of men to labor and that includes women 
in the vineyard of the Lord. But there's also great reason um, for sorrow and for rejoicing. Sorrow because of death and destruction among men. So those are the the issues in Ukraine, right? Those are the, the pandemics. But there's also joy because of the light of Christ unto life. And so there's a there's a definitely a like you mentioned the proving of contraries right uh the the human condition but um and and what i want to do if i may i want to transition into the next chapter because we weren't it's not like we that was really leading up to something right and it just like goes straight in which is why yeah i think that maybe it was alma who was speaking there because Mm. it goes straight into his angelic uh or his his yeah his desire to have angelic zeal right and it's based on him recognizing this great call and reflecting on the diligence of himself and his brethren and even on his own conversion correct yeah well is that what you meant by himself okay I didn't know. I just was specifying. And man, that like, I'm so glad that you just said that because the convert, which is any of us, whether we were born um, in the, the church or not, the convert listening, you have answered a great call. You've begun that diligent um, journey right? The journey of diligence. Um, And so there's a reason to rejoice too. Mm -hmm. Like you may have, you may think like, oh, I, I never, I never did this great thing, but yes, you did (laughs) because you converted yourself. (laughs) Yeah. So Alma, he starts with in verse one, the famous saying, I think, well, I wouldn't say the famous saying, but popular saying, Oh, that I were an angel and could have the wish of mine heart. Then I might go forth and speak with the trump of God, with a voice to shake the earth and cry repentance unto every people. And I feel like Alma is like totally qualified to say that he's gone forth among many people. It's like, this is a wish of his heart. Uh, I thought it was what he did. Well, he gets real specific in verse Correct. two of what he's wanting. Right. Right. So it was a, it is, and it is a wish of his heart and was a wish of his heart. I think it's still a wish of his heart today, even. <laughs> um, and it says, I, I would declare unto every soul as with the voice of thunder. Okay. So he wants to reach every single soul with this loud voice of thunder repentance and the plan of redemption that they should repent and come unto our God that there might not be more sorrow upon all the face of the earth. So basically he, he wants to just go and teach everybody about the plan of salvation and repentance. He like every single person, that's a big desire, Mm -hmm. huge desire um, to, that's why I think he wants the trump of God because that can reach everybody. Right. And he wants to do it with such zeal. Yeah. You know, his ambition is pretty crazy because he's like, he's gone from city to city. Like, I mean. <laughs> but he full... wants to do every city. Every, <laughs> right, the right. The person hiding in the corner that doesn't want to hear in every single city he wants yeah. to get to. Yeah, he got a big desire. But here's the thing. This is what I wanted to say about this. He has this big desire because he knows that God can do it if God allows him to. Because he's already done what he's already done, right? And he'll keep doing it. But he's telling God, like, oh, I just want more. And he knows that God can do it if it's in his will. Which I love this verse in verse 3. He says, but behold, I am a man and do sin in my wish. For I ought to be content with the things which the Lord hath allotted to me. So, And, and I think that's also like a contrary yeah. to prove where it's like, He's, he's not going to let that 
get him down. Right. He says it in a kind of weird way. Like, I don't think, I don't think we would call the desire to preach the gospel to all people on earth I think a he, sin. <laughs> no, I think he's just admitting that he might be just a little bit ungrateful. Yes. And that might be the sin there. Right. Like, okay, you already granted me this, but like, you know, I want that. I want more. And he's a little, he's just has a little bit of ungratefulness for what he's already been given. And I think he recognizes that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the a sin in what you right. just said. No, I, I just want to address it. Yeah. Because I don't want to. But be... it is kind of weird the way he says it. Yeah. But I think it's, he's just a little bit ungrateful and he admits it there. And he's like, but you know, um, I'll be grateful for the things which he's already given me. Is how I read that. Maybe you read it differently. And if you do, let us know. I'd love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Um, anyway, so moving on or continuing on. Well, and you, you've already kind of touched on verse four where he talks about, he knows that God granteth unto men according to their desire, Mm -hmm. whether it be unto death or unto life. Um, and at first you're like, well, wait a second. What? (laughs) (laughs) He, he continues. Yea, I know that he allotteth unto men, yea, decreeth unto them decrees which are unalterable according to their wills, whether they be unto salvation or unto destruction. The, the term their wills uh, is agency. Mm-hmm. So they get, we do get to choose. We use our agency um, and we should use it to choose Christ, right? Eternal life. But we can also use it to choose the other. If you just dived into this chapter without reading the last verse of the last chapter, you might be, it might kind of seem weird that he's saying people have the choice between life and death. But what he's saying is death and destruction or the perception of that, you know, the, the fallen world and that life is misery and suffering or the light and life of Christ, which is all these things are for our gain and all things will be perpetuated through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So. So chapter 29. Okay. Let's back up. You know this about me if you've listened to our podcast, (laughs) but I, I have such a testimony of desires. Like if I could sum up my mission in one word, I would say desires. And I came to gain like this unshaken testimony that desires are answered and can happen even when they seem impossible. And Alma really touches on desires here and kind of what they entail and what they can lead to and just all these things. And the one thing that does exist in the world we know is good and evil. And so our desires can go like there's no lukewarm desire. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like it's good or it's not good. I think some people may think that they have a lukewarm. Like as soon as you said that, I thought of when I used to say that like, I don't know how I can get any better than this. I'm married to the woman of my dreams. You know, and you're like, no, Kevin, like, you want, more. You, you need to have more. Like, you need to want more. And I'm like, no, because I'm just more. like, you know, I've got a, a great job. And, you know, and then we got pregnant. And I was like, oh, you know. This is great. This is, this is it. Like, this is all I ever wanted. <laughs> my <laughs> desires are complete. And then you really challenged me to revamp my <laughs> desires. And, yeah. and, and so – when they do get lukewarm Uh or rather when your desires start to be less important Mm -hmm. and you start to say, well, you know uh, what he's, what kind of what Alan was saying, which is like, Oh, I, I know that I should be, I I ought to be content with the things the Lord hath allotted unto me. Mm -hmm. Yes. You shouldn't be all bummed out that you were, (laughs) you know, you're born at a certain time or you, you know, maybe you had a, 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 a rough upbringing and, and you're kind of like, well, man, like I wish that's, you know, th- those desires, um, maybe not super helpful. Right. Mm-hmm. 
but to desire more for your future, so important. So good, right? It's a good thing. And uh, what I was going to kind of say, I loved what you just said, by the <laughs> way, um, is that he, he mentions that there's good and evil. And the person that knoweth not good from evil is blameless. Okay, so they don't mean anything with, about what he's going to say. So people who are just innocent, basically. But he that knoweth good and evil to him, it is given according to his desires, whether he desireth good or evil, life or death, joy or remorse of conscience. And he says, now seeing that I know these things, why should I desire more than to perform the work to which I have been called? And he goes on to say, why should I desire that I were an angel that I could speak unto all the ends of the earth? So he brings into to perspective the the good and the evil right and how we once again have the ability to choose and we know and he's saying why why is it that i desire more and here's here's my thought this is what i'm this is what i kevin talked about is i think god wants us to dream big i think he wants us to desire big i don't think he wants us like, yes, he wants Alma to be grateful for everything he had, but I think it's okay that Alma is also dreaming big and wants more. Because if it's in line with God's will, it's okay, right? I think I have, like, such big desires to have um, one of the reasons I want, like, a, a bigger home with more rooms is because I want to be able to help people who might not have a place to stay, and we could give them that space, like... And that's a desire that I think can be in line with the Lord's will to help his children, right? And I think God will grant that. I think he will. Now, when? I don't know. Because <laughs> we have to work. We have to show the work. I mean, this big magical house we want isn't just going to plop on a piece of land and say, <laughs> here, Kevin and Shelby, your right. desires. You got to work for that. But I think as we show the Lord what we're willing to work for, he does bless and answer our desires. Mm -hmm. And so if Alma shows the Lord, hey, I'm going to keep going city to city and I'm going to keep doing these things. And I'm going to continue. I think the Lord can answer his big desire yeah. to help others and preach to every single soul. Right. John the Beloved is an example of that. Oh, right? yeah. His desire was answered. He's still on the earth somewhere preaching. Right. Yeah. Because he wanted that. I also. And. I don't want to. I don't want to seem like I'm. No, it's okay. Going in the complete other direction. I love everything that you said. I bear my witness <laughs> that what my wife has said is true. In the context of this of this chapter, I think there's also some of Alma's own ponderings, yeah. and maybe working out some some questions that he has. And as a result, he receives revelation on, on the big picture. So he, he, in verse six and seven, he's kind of asking like, you know, why, like you said, why should I desire more? Mm -hmm. um, why should I desire that I were an angel <laughs> that I could speak into all the earth? Cause that's what the Lord wants. Right. <laughs> and the Lord has done that. Yep. through prophets yep. in other areas of the earth. And, and also, I mean, at the last days, uh, the prophets and apostles, they do go forth, but then they also project their messages through multimedia, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, Shelby, you and I, yesterday, we had a discussion about people who use the reach and influence of the internet to mm. tear down the kingdom of God. Yeah. <laughs> but there are so many people, and I would argue that there are more voices that build up the kingdom of God. It's just that those that tear it down are just so loud, loud. Right. Yeah. And they're so bold. Like they're so, ugh. Right? Like, it, it bothers you. 
you think more about it. I mean, think about, I mean, think about today when we, the, the YouTube algorithm just happened to show us <laughs> brother Halverson's, uh, yeah, like fireside. Yeah. And it was an obscure recording. Like that wasn't a church produced thing. It was a, it was probably a stake, uh, organization that asked him, Hey, will you come speak to our youth or the young adults or something, or come talk to our students. We can host it at this stake center or auditorium or something. And somebody recorded it mm-hmm. and they, you know, I'm sure with permission, they put it up on the internet, you know, and then we were able to see it. Mm-hmm. And that's good. That's good. That's really good. So I don't, I don't exactly know what I'm trying to say uh, other than what I have specifically said. I'm not trying to get at anything. I'm just saying like black and white, it's a great thing. And there, the, the Lord is accomplishing. That's what, that's why I see what you're saying. We're like Alma's desires are the Lord's desires. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what the Lord's been doing since day one. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess day seven or day eight, right? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he rested on the seventh day. So eight, the day eight is when he started this whole thing. You're funny. Right? Yeah, but I would argue that the creation. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 see where, I see where you're going. You know what I'm saying? Like he was yeah. working too. Those were his desires. He was so doing like, that all so that we could you're come saying here that and preach. And, it started and, on like day negative and infinity. It's just always been in existence. Gotcha. Right? <laughs> anyway, that's really funny. Um, there's a, there's a, thus we see hidden in verse eight. It says, therefore we see that mm-hmm. the Lord doth counsel in wisdom according to that, which is just and true. So we know that when we're doing, when we're desiring good, we are desiring what the Lord wants. Um, and, and Satan will try to make that really tricky by pairing something good with something evil and make it very subtle. So that's why we have to be really careful um, and have the spirit with us to discern what things are good and what things are evil. And I could give you examples, but I won't because I don't think it's expedient right now, but I just think it's important to be able to discern those things and have the spirit with you. President Nelson's talked about it before a lot, actually, in the last few years. So I want to talk about glory. Let's do it. In an elders quorum class a couple weeks ago, maybe like a month and a half ago, we were talking about glory. And because we were talking to, about a recent conference talk with power and great glory hmm. and it's about Elder Bednar. Or it's from Elder Bednar and it's about the gathering of Israel. And so in verse nine, Alma says, I know that which the Lord hath commanded me and I glory in it. I do not glory of myself, but I glory in that which the Lord hath commanded me. Yea, and this is my glory, that perhaps I may be an instrument in the hands of God to bring some soul to repentance, and this is my joy. So glory is kind of an interesting word, and it's it's a very instructive exercise to go through the topical guide selections of glory well it's not topics it's uh, verses it's references oh i see what you're saying and just seeing how the word glory is used throughout the scriptures um but you know when when i i think of glory Initially, I think of like, I almost think of it as like a, a pride, like I've, I've, I've got glory in like victory or glory in, but really it's, it's this, I think it's a state of being where you feel that, that you've met some sort of high bar mm-hmm. of, of expectation and performance what have you. And when 
Alma is doing what the Lord commands him to do, <laughs> he experiences glory. Hmm. And, and it also brings him joy. And it just so happens that he's been commanded to preach repentance. And he, he, he glories and finds joy in just doing, doing a, fra- just, just following the commandment in so much as to save one soul, like forget the whole earth. He was obedient to the commandment. And so now he's obtained the glory, hmm. right? Like every time we, it, yes, we, we have to keep the commandments perpetually like endures the end but he's saying that having just brought one soul unto repentance unto christ is is uh it it meets the criteria i guess of the of the commandment yeah I've, i i think my next thought's gonna go in line with yours and maybe i'll remember to connect it back so let's pray we do, or I do. But um, something that, that Alma touches on in the next verse is that he sees his his soul is filled with joy when he sees someone come to Christ. And what that does is when he sees that happen, it says, and then I do remember his merciful arm, which he extended towards me. Mm. So by helping others, like when you go through and you like on your mission, I'm sure you taught people and it made you think about your own journey Hmm. to come to the church or when you've invited someone or taught someone something good or a principle of the gospel, it made you think about how you got to that point to gain that testimony to be able to share, right. Or whatever it is. And, um, that causes your glory or joy, I would say to increase even more Hmm. because they now have that. Right. And their glory and joy is increasing. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm digging what you're saying. So like when, when heavenly father and Jesus Christ, I mean, they're the perfect example. Christ, he gave all the glory to heavenly father. Right. But he was also, heavenly father was glorified. I mean, heavenly father glorified his son too. Yeah. Right. Like it goes both ways. Like you're both getting it. And you both just shine brighter. No one's going to lose. <laughs> right. You're just going to keep increasing your uh, obedience to the commandments and, and receiving that blessing and joy. I see a lot of like real world applications with that. Um, specifically in raising children. Oh yeah. Now I'm not yeah. trying to say that I'm like some seasoned hand at it. No. Our, our baby Addie. Yeah, we're only, only two and a half months in to being parents. <laughs> so take this with a grain of salt. But I 100% feel that, you know, the it's just like when, when Addie picks up her head, right? <laughs> right. I feel so time. much joy and I feel like, and I'm like, man, like this is, this is something that, that. I had to learn to do. Well, it, and not just that, but just like the, the, I'm, I'm, I am participating in it, um, on some level. Right. I don't know. No, I get it. I get what you're saying. I hope you guys get what we're saying too. Alma then kind of goes on this, like, again, he's very reflective, right? Yes. For, for the duration of the chapter, he, he, talks about remembering he says i've always remembered the captivity of my fathers mm-hmm. and that same god who delivered them out of the hands of the egyptians did deliver them out of bondage um so you know knowing that that he's part of the covenant people because his his fathers were the covenant people and their fathers right and this covenant made with abraham Isaac and Jacob extends to all the their posterity. That's what's that's what a covenant people is. It means that your your dad way long back 
was obedient and set <laughs> up his posterity for success. And by the grace of God, not any man, you've been able to benefit from that spiritually, mm-hmm. uh, temporally, all around. And there are some of us that are the the people who, the first people in our family who set that up. Correct. Right? So there's a, there's a, some of us are fourth, fifth generations and some of us are that first link in the chain, yeah. you know. But, but obviously we're all connected back through mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yes. And his atoning sacrifice. That's what makes a gathering or linking even possible. So, and Alma in the end here talks about his calling that God called him to preach the word unto this people and hath given me much success in which my joy is full. So he addresses his joy again. And he once again says, I do not join my own success alone, mm. but my joy is more full because of the success of my brethren who have been up who have been up to the land of Nephi. And he talks about their labors and how great their reward will be because of the success that they've had. And then he basically closes out the chapter by saying, you know, may God grant unto these and my brethren that they may sit down in the kingdom of God and that they might praise him and that it might, that it just may get done, that all this may be accomplished and continue to be accomplished. So just righteous desires being fulfilled and Alma, Alma just bearing his thoughts and testimony on it. Yeah. You know, the, the past 15 years for, for Alma and for Ammon and his brethren, um, really, really interesting times. They've, they've just experienced so much. They've just learned so much, like a lot of highs and lows and we can we can relate to that you know and just think about the last 15 years of your life or wherever whoever you are i mean there were times that you thought you really figured it out and then you got humbled real quick and then oh i caught a break and then did i did i acknowledge the hand of the lord in that what do i need to do better how do i be a better disciple um so there's just so much to take from the experience of these prophets, these uh, noble missionaries of old. So, and then, you know, it, it's not even close to being over. Like we, we go back, we get into the next week, Alma 30. And this is one of like the, the iconic chapters in the book of Mormon. With, I feel like we say that about every chapter. Uh, yeah, I guess we do. This um, is an iconic chapter. The, but it's Korahor. Right. The, the account of the Antichrist named Korahor and Alma's. We might be having to do like three parts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a long it's chapter a lot, for sure. So, but, but we'll get there. We are super excited for that coming up. And we appreciate for y'all listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everyone.